Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Good morning, Edwin. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing great today. Did you have a good weekend? Wonderful weekend. Big week. I, I mean, again, you ask me this. I have no idea what it's going to be like on the day this this podcast airs. I'm sure it's going to be just as fantastic as this well, last weekend was. we podcast in faith and not by sight. That is a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. I know that uh, I got to worship with the saints over the weekend, which made it a fantastic, fantastic weekend. It always is. It's a great church. Uh, the, you know, when we come together and we worship and we study the word, I want people to learn about it. And they do that by going to the website, christiansmeethere.org. But this podcast is all about our conversation of the Psalms. What is our Psalm this week, Edwin? Psalm 10. All right. Psalm 10. I'm reading from the English Standard Version today. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His way prospers at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that the man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Well, hey, so you read something a moment ago there in verse number 12. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so verse 12, Arise, O Lord, uh, O God, lift up your hand. And uh, it puts me um, in mind of the psalm we were talking about last week, right? Psalm 9. Psalm 9. Psalm 9 and verse 19 is that psalm is winding down. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. And this calling upon God to arise. And and I know you were doing some digging. It's so interesting to find out that there's... 
a lot of overlap and connection between these psalms. Psalm 9 and 10 apparently go together. Uh, there's a lot of themes that, that cross over between the two psalms, which, of course, a lot of the themes that we see connecting them go through a lot of the psalms. You've got the wicked who are prospering. You've got the poor and the needy who right. are oppressed. There's the affliction. Of course, there's the call for God to judge. And and if, if that's all we had, we'd say, well, I mean, that doesn't mean they go together. There's a lot of psalms that say those things. But what you pointed there, there's a really specific, not only a theme, but but common wording, arise, O Lord. It's like we had one psalm leading to this request and a second psalm leading to that same request. And so I know that a lot of our uh, listeners don't always necessarily have their own Bible open to read along. You know, they're they're hearing it audibly, orally, the, the presentation of the Word of God in the Psalms. But you were talking about that even as uh, you open up Bibles and compare different translations, even an old Greek translation called the Septuagint, mm-hmm. uh, you see direct connection. Well, not only do you see direct connection, but when the Greeks put together their version of the Old Testament, Psalm 9 and 10 were combined as one psalm. Okay, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I will tell you that uh, as a bit of a novice of the Greek myself, I was aware in my studies (laughs) that the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures done in that intertestamental time period, has a different numbering of the Psalms. After Psalm 9. And, and it's after Psalm 9. And so that, that's why this is, because these, in that translation, these two Psalms are married. They are one Psalm. They are Psalm 9. So our Old Testaments that we commonly use are based on the Hebrew versions, the Masoretic text often. And so we maintain the numbering that they had. 9 and 10 are separate Psalms there. Mm-hmm. But when the Greeks did their version, they brought the two together. So if you're ever pulling out a Septuagint or even a translation of the Septuagint, I have one of those over there uh, on, on the library shelf. If, if say, in the Bible that I normally use, I look up Psalm 12, mm-hmm. and then I look up Psalm 12 in that Septuagint, it's going to be completely different mm-hmm. because 9 and 10 go together in the Septuagint, so the counting then is off by one. So in the Septuagint, Psalm 10 is actually Psalm 11 in my English mm-hmm. Bible, and Psalm 11 in the Septuagint is Psalm 12 in my English Bible, and on we go. And that's because the Greeks... The Greeks so saw these as going together, they put them together as one psalm. There's lots of scholarly debates. Mm -hmm. Was this originally one poem that the Hebrews separated out into two? Was this originally two poems that the Greeks brought together into one? Was this a poem that somebody later added a second half to? And, of course, we might say, well, why would you possibly think that? Because here's the other really cool thing about these two psalms. Mm Psalm 9 and Psalm 10 form an acrostic poem, though not perfectly. It's incomplete. But clearly in Psalm 9 and Psalm 10, there was the attempt to make an acrostic of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, so in the Hebrew alphabet, you don't see it necessarily in the Septuagint with the Greek letters, but they were working off the Hebrew. Okay, all right. And so in the Hebrew letters, going through the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, and there's some letters that are skipped. Mm-hmm. And then there's some letters that seem to be transposed. And so it's not perfect. It's not complete. But one of the things you do see is that Psalm 10 picks up where Psalm 9 leaves off on that 
attempted acrostic. So and kind so, of next letter in the alphabet yeah, if yeah. you were reading Hebrew. That's exactly right. Okay. And so the, the really cool thing, and, and certainly my knowledge of Hebrew is basically the alphabet. That's what I know. Okay, so don't don't act like that. Don't don't think that I'm saying, oh, I, I understand it. I can read it in the Hebrew. I can't. My, yeah, my knowledge I, is the alphabet. I just think it's a really good thing to bring up because when people do maybe that next level of study, they will find out fairly quickly, hey, these psalms are numbered differently in the Septuagint. What that, what's that all about? Yeah. So this is one of those nuggets for the text talk listeners. You know, every once in a while, we want to try and bring a little something to the greater picture of the we, Bible. We, we want to act like we know something. <laughs> but it's helpful. Yeah. It's helpful. Okay, so here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. When I, when I take a look at all that, I bring it together, and I realize these two really are supposed to go together. All of a sudden, Psalm 10 gets a little bit of a different picture. It's not just some unique episode. You, normally, we talk about the psalms being separate distinct snapshots. Songs. In fact, one of the things that we probably ought to try to correct here, and you hear this, people do this all the time, they say, uh, you know, Psalm chapter one, and <laughs> Psalm chapter two, right? And and we're like, guys, it's Psalm one, and it's Psalm two. You need to say it correctly. When you're listening to this Psalmcast... <laughs> We label them the Psalms. Well, absolutely. Whenever you're, whenever you're playing the Peasel tree, you need when to you make... play the Peasel tree. Okay, let's get back to the Bible. Okay, <laughs> it is true that they are not chapters; they are songs, they are poems, they are psalms. And so, saying Psalms chapter one thirty five would be like asking folks when it's when you're leading singing, "Hey, open your hymnals to chapter one thirty five and let's sing this song." It, it's not chapters. It's it's different songs. It's different psalms. And so the question becomes when you look at this one is, is it, would this be a unique song or actually just a another verse? Well, it's like a longer song. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you've got here. Yeah. So so normally we talk about these psalms as being distinct, separate snapshots. It looks like nine and ten are going together. Mm-hmm. And what it what it appears like to me is almost like episodes. Okay. And and whether it was a later writer coming along to talk about a different kind of episode or if it was the same writer memorializing two episodes of the same event or or whatever i mean really the way i see it is like second verse worse than the first worse than the first because now we're going to talk about all of the evil all the wicked ones it's awful well let's look let's let's end psalm 9 and then read into psalm 10 and see how this sounds okay okay so we get to um verse 7 the wicked shall excuse me i'm in psalm 9 verse 17 the wicked shall return to sheol all the nations that forget god so he's talking about i know judgment's going to come on him Mm -hmm. for the needy shall not always be forgotten and the hope of the poor shall not forever perish Mm -hmm. so we were talking about last week how obviously something's going on right something's going on but but David has his faith. And then the the request, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. And then we get into Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised, for the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul. And on it goes. And what it's what it almost seems like is you've got this second episode where we've we've had the first prayer, we've had the the faith and the strength to call on God and ask sure. Him to arise. And I've begged and I've pleaded and I'm expecting God to do something, and He hasn't. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm praying again. And the wicked have not stopped. They and it's have not gotten ceased. worse. Yeah. And it's gotten worse. Not not only have they not stopped, they've gotten worse. Yeah. So listen, uh, you were talking about a, a second verse idea of this. Uh, if we change a, a different venue of poetry from singing to saying theater, okay, the second act. Second act. Second act 
is always where the conflict is going to come in. The okay. second act is always where we're going to find our hero in the worst predicament, looking for that third act where there's going to be resolution and hopefully that you know the hero wins and the victory. And so this idea of a, of a second verse or a second act to, I think, two things. Number one, uh, we empathize and and our heart is with this psalmist who is seeing the wicked winning at every turn. But then that's going to bring about the resolution or the victory, the glory of God, all that much more. Here's the fascinating thing, though, is that in this psalm, we actually don't get to that third act. It, it It's still faith. Mm. Even here, it's faith that God is going to bring the resolution and the victory. And that, to me, is what makes this psalm so powerful. He's had his prayer, Mm -hmm. and you expect God. I mean, he's got his faith. God's going to resolve this, and you expect resolution. We move into the second act, and there's not resolution. There's not deliverance. There's not victory. In fact, things are worse. And what does the psalmist do? He keeps praying. keeps praying. And he keeps maintaining faith. Mm-hmm. And even at the end, as he talks about the Lord arising and the Lord being king forever, this is these are statements of faith. These are not statements of, okay, now it's resolved. It's, I know you're going to. It's it's still that. And that's, that's what makes this so amazing. And I will say this. I, I think we need to recognize when we have this kind of faith, the kind of faith that continues to pray, even though the second verse is worse than the first, even though the second act is worse than the first. And yeah. even though we've, we've ended the particular play and, and there wasn't resolution, the world's going to think we're dumb. Hmm. The world looks down at us for this kind of faith, this kind of praying faith. And of course, having this kind of praying faith doesn't mean we're not acting and, and pursuing plans and, and doing what God has called us to do. We recognize from James chapter two, that when we see those who are in need, we don't just pray, God, do something about this. We see that from James 2 uh, verses, um, what is it, about verse 15 and 16, where he, he talks about don't just say, go be warmed and be filled. If you've got something to help them, help them. Sure. Okay. Sure. So we understand that. But but we are prayers. We are people who turn to God in faith. And that's what we see in David. The second verse is worse than the first, but he maintains faith. Yeah. And he keeps praying because he understands that ultimately, ultimately, for all his plans, for all his work, the only solution to this is going to come from God. You really see that in verse 14, uh, the faith and the prayer. You have seen, for you observe trouble and grief. The helpless commits himself to you. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And the call, break the arm of the wicked. Do it. Yeah. Bring your judgment. He's, he's getting back to that. God, you're the deliverer. I'm going to keep asking you for that. And that's where we need to be. Absolutely it is. We're so glad uh, that uh, you've been listening to the discussion on Psalm 10 today. Let us know what you're hearing. Give us an email. Send us an email. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We thank you so much for those who have been subscribing and giving us the, the good rating. It helps other people find text talk. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so. Uh, and uh, why don't we conclude with a word of prayer? Let's shake it up. Evan, would you lead us in prayer today? <laughs> but it's Monday. I know. <laughs> God in heaven. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for this conversation that we've had. And help us. Help us because it is it is so easy that when you don't respond quickly in the way we want for us to give up on prayer. Help us not to give up on prayer. Help us not to give up on you. Help us to be like the psalmist, to be like David, that when, when the second episode is worse than the first, we keep praying, we keep relying, we keep trusting. The world will make fun of us for that. They will mock us. But God, you are God. 
you do judge, you do take notice, and you do respond in your time. And in your time, it will be for our greatest good and your greatest glory. And we hang on to that faith. Help us today. Whatever it is that we're going through, whatever it is any of our listeners are going through, hang on to you. Continue to pray. Continue in faith. We love you so much, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.